I've got a Ron Collins update for you, but I also want to talk about martial arts coping. Self-defense, self-awareness, self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of themartialist.net and philelmore.com. I am the aforementioned Phil Elmore, your host. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. So we have on this day, August 27th, 2023, we have an update on the long-running saga of Ron Collins. If you've been living in a snow cave in Alaska or you've never seen any of my podcasts before, Ron Collins is a self-proclaimed ninjutsu instructor who has been creeping around the martial arts world online since the late 1990s. Um, Most people, given two decades at something, would even accidentally get better at it. Uh, Ron has not and has pretty much made a, a series of decisions that landed him in prison. Uh, That's the end of that string of decisions. We've talked about that. There's no need to rehash that. What you need to know is that after being convicted on federal firearms charges for lying on the federal form and then possessing a handgun that he lied on the form to get, Mr. Collins uh, was sent to prison for a total of 60 months. That's six zero months. That sentence was enhanced because he physically assaulted his lawyer somewhere in that process. The court takes a dim view of that sort of thing. He did his time at a couple of different federal facilities, uh, one in Ohio and one in New Jersey, I think. One of them was uh, Elkson FCI, and the other one was Fort Dix. Um, I asked him why he got transferred, and he said because of COVID, which makes sense because, if I remember correctly, Elkton FCI was the single prison hardest hit by COVID during the COVID outbreak in 2020. So... When he was released, he was sent to a halfway house. Uh, He got kicked out of there. He got sent to a different halfway house. He got kicked out of there. Somewhere in there, he did some time in jail, went back to the... It it gets very muddled, but what you need to know is that Ron bounced back and forth between the halfway house and the jail and or prison system because he kept violating the rules of the halfway house. Most recently, he did another several months, like six months, in prison uh, because he violated the rules of the halfway house he was sentenced to spend four months in a halfway house and then however long on parole i have no idea what the term of his parole is now Uh, parole probation whatever you want to call it Uh, he's under the supervision of a parole officer for the foreseeable future but i thought even i not sympathetic to mr collins plight Even I thought it was a bit much to keep sentencing him to the very thing he'd already proven he couldn't do by telling him, you've got to spend time in this halfway house. We just sent you to prison for not being able to spend time in this halfway house. So spend more time in this. So I thought, when does this cycle end? Like, yes, he's a convicted felon. And yes, these are paperwork crimes, which means he didn't murder anyone. Uh, He has made terroristic threats in the past. Those charges were dismissed. Um, he was sent to a mental hospital because of the terroristic threats and was deemed competent after being judged unfit to stand trial. After six months in a mental hospital, they decided he had been restored to competency, but then they dropped the charges. The logic there may have been that he wouldn't have made these threats if he had been competent, but he wasn't taking his medications, whatever those are. Now he's on the medication, so he's okay. So whatever the logic, uh, Mr. Collins spent some time in prison 
way more time than most people get for this type of crime. Now, if you're Hunter Biden, you do no time at all. Uh, if your Hunter Biden charges are not even brought, even though Hunter Biden is guilty of essentially the same thing that put Ron Collins in prison for 60 months, which is lying on the federal form. There's a question on the form. Have you ever been in a mental institution? Ron clearly has, but he said, no, I haven't. And he had a number of excuses for why that's not lying, but the court did not see it that way. So I had to ask myself, even though I wanted, like I wanted to take, th there was some schadenfreude, I guess is the point I'm making, but at what point has a person paid for their paperwork crime, like doing multiple years in prison and then bouncing back and forth and doing what I think must have been almost an additional year on top of everything seems a bit much. Six years in prison, various prisons, for lying on a federal form seems like an awful lot, even to me. So I wondered, how long can this cycle go on? Well, I sometimes wonder also if the folks at the halfway house didn't think to themselves, if we don't just get him through this, this will never end. Because there's two halfway houses in his area, and he got kicked out of both of them. So the, the second one was the one he'd been kicked out of immediately. Like, there was a second halfway house. He got kicked out of it, went back to prison for six months, and then immediately went back to the same facility. So maybe they thought to themselves, let's just get him over that line so he can go the hell home and be on probation or parole or whatever you call it. Because that's apparently what's happened. Ron posted, he had recorded a video in which he threatened to expose the whole world with the uploads of his various court documents. Ron is a firm believer that the second he uploads a document that is his opinion, that it becomes, air quotes, evidence, and that the existence of that evidence means something to anyone. So he's convinced that he's going to bring down the entire corrupt system in his part of the world because he believes that a vast conspiracy at every level of federal, state, and local government is the reason he's a convicted felon and not because he's made a series of bad decisions. As a, an, a martial artist with apparently very little training and as a citizen with apparently very little regard for the actual law. So I might offer that your problems are not the result of a vast conspiracy, Mr. Collins, but are in fact the result of your own poor decisions. Mr. Collins is fond of saying that I have lied about him. Uh, one of the reasons he has been a topic of conversation here is because he, one of the first things he did when he got out of prison was contact me. And I told him I wasn't interested in whatever nonsense he was peddling. But uh, Ron will tell you, you know, I proved Phil Elmore lied about me. No, I never lied about you. I never made a single false statement about you. Um, I never lied about being involved in helping send him to prison in the first place. In the court documents uh, from Ron's trial, they are public record, the oh-so-helpful court officials put my emails to the authorities in which I warned them that this person who was a prohibited person, not able to have a firearm, uh, I, I warned them that he shouldn't have one. So what did they do? They put my emails in the court documentation and scribbled out my email address, but left my name in. Thanks so much. I wasn't worried about getting spam, you morons. Thanks for putting my name in the head of somebody who has made threats to various public officials, which is why he got arrested for terroristic threats. Um, that was really nice of you. I really appreciate that. So I always knew, and I gave an interview before he got out where I said, the second he gets out, he's going to blame me. Now, I did not say in that interview explicitly that the reason he gets out, he's going to blame me is because uh, I helped. <laughs> 
but at no time at no time did i lie about that fact either i'm pretty precise when it comes to anything involving legal issues and the reason i helped put ron in prison is because left to his own devices with an illegal firearm he would have murdered someone this is someone who was not stable enough nor responsible enough to own a gun he was not supposed to have been able to buy it but somewhere along the line someone was supposed to submit his name to some database that would have got him rejected from the national instant check system that was not done so that even though he'd been in a mental hospital and was therefore a prohibited person by the law the system did a three-day hold and then after the hold they let him take that gun home they never should have he takes that as evidence of well i was legally able to no no you weren't because you had to lie on the form to get to that point these checks and balances are supposed to stop us from breaking the law but just because they didn't work doesn't mean you're not still breaking the law just like if you are a, a marijuana user the feds have made it very clear the atf has made it very clear that if you do not answer truthfully on that form that you use marijuana and therefore get rejected because that's a that's a deal breaker on the federal form then you're breaking the law just like hunter biden just like ron collins now if you happen to be a well-placed uh, democrat with friends in power nothing bad will happen to you most of us are not so uh, ron likes to say that that i have lied about him but i never have and ron likes to position himself as this crusader for truth and justice because he's just the victim of a vast conspiracy whose sole purpose was to somehow keep him down now he has inflated that to be what he really has is he's going to expose child trafficking and all this other nonsense these imaginary crimes uh that's mostly a dodge because ron himself was convicted of contributing to the delinquency of a minor um and i suspect that that's probably the best they could do in circumstances that had there been better evidence might have warranted maybe something more serious your guess is as good as mine i don't know that's speculation but when someone like this starts posting videos about how this might be my last video and i could be either in prison or dead you should take that seriously uh, people tried to make me feel guilty, uh, most notably the amoral degenerates on a mixed martial arts forum that Ron likes to frequent, where they were happy to encourage him. One of them even encouraged him to break the law, cross state lines, travel to my state, and murder me. That's how upstanding and moral these people are. These are people of very poor character who are very lucky that they're completely anonymous, because if I had the names of any of these people, there would be serious legal repercussions for, among other things, encouraging a convicted felon to come murder me. Uh, I'm just saying. So uh, Ron lately has taken to making these dire threats because I think maybe in his mind, he's almost out of martial arts fantasy and this brings me to the topic for this podcast martial arts coping all crazy people all people who have something some screw loose there are a few clowns short of a picnic um there are a few tiles short of a safe re-entry into the atmosphere <laughs> a few clowns short of a circus i should say okay <laughs> suddenly i'm stuttering john he's a few clowns short of a of a picnic let me tell you um people like that uh, who have something wrong with them it's not unusual for them to have a thing a thing that gives them something to obsess over that makes them feel special in life 
And in Ron's case, since the late 90s, that thing was martial arts. Over the years, he's been remarkably consistent in the claims that he made about the various black belt ranks he supposedly earned and he started training as a toddler and all this other stuff. It was all nonsense. The guy has almost no training at all. And he has no valid ranks. Uh, by valid, I mean he has no ranks that weren't gifted to him by someone else who also has a dodgy reputation. So, uh, but martial arts became the crutch whereon he leaned to distract him from what is arguably an unremarkable life. To expect someone to let go of that fantasy is asking a lot, and we'll come to that. Um, because I have five points that I want to make. It's almost always five points. I, I learned that in my previous internet marketing job. Um, but I have five points I want to make about martial arts coping, and Ron makes a great jumping off point for this. Because right now, Ron is posting videos, now that he's out. That's the Ron Collins update. After doing four months in the halfway house, and this last month, he didn't upload a single YouTube video, possibly because he was told not to. Because the last time he uploaded a video, a month before that, it was to say, I'm getting ready to film my last video, and I'll either be dead or in prison. Now, I don't know about you, but that's very ominous. That's the type of statement someone makes when they're contemplating doing something violent or stupid. Um, and... If you think you're going to make me feel guilty about letting the authorities know that this person is probably going to do something violent or stupid, I will never feel bad about that. The folks on that mixed martial arts forum are like, Elmer's a snitch. I did a whole podcast on this called If You See Something, Say Something. But they're like, hey, Elmer's a snitch. First of all, we're not in prison. Prison rules don't apply here. In the real world of adults, when you see someone about to violently break the law, only an amoral degenerate would go, well, it's not my business. No, a real, actual person, an actual human being who lives in the real world goes, golly, I don't want that to happen. Maybe they don't say golly. But you'll never make me feel bad for actually standing up for saving people's lives and stopping a crazy person from engaging in what was very likely going to be murder. And right now, that same scenario is playing, its, playing itself out. Because, as of today, the 27th of August, at midnight, uh, midnight of the 26th into the 27th, I've never been sure how to refer to that, 12 a.m. this morning, Ron had a video that was scheduled to release that. I, I was aware that he had recorded it a month or two previously. And in it, he, you know, he's supposedly going to release all these videos that show the world the corruption and blah 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 none of it matters it doesn't matter it's all stuff that's rehashed from things he's already gotten shot out of court you know they've laughed him out of that courtroom so many times um and i've read some of the court documents where they've taken the time you can almost hear these lawyers going <sighs> as they take the time to shoot down every single one of his arguments one at a time, because you're dealing with somebody who argues like a sovereign citizen, somebody who thinks his flights of fancy actually make any difference to the legal world whatsoever. And these incredibly patient law clerks, whoever they are, have dismantled his arguments time and time again. So all he does whenever he starts talking about his legal cases is relitigate and rehash things that have already been decided while pushing all the cases together, conflating them all as one thing. And of course, it's doomed to failure. So 
that video where he threatens all this evidence that he a month or two ago was threatening that this evidence would happen that was released as of midnight today i saw it go live i have a notification on my phone pops up because when somebody threatens me or my friends i have a tendency to take them seriously uh, i take them at their word and believe them and then i keep track of them so that video went live at midnight i went to bed sometime between then and the time i woke up this morning he released a video it probably was in the early morning it looks like he's standing in a shopping mall before that mall is open for business meaning you can get in the mall but the stores aren't open because he's standing in an empty food court somebody who lives in the area told me that that's likely a mall that is halfway between where he was in the halfway house and where he's going which is more than likely the beckley slash macarthur west virginia area where his mother lives or i mean i'm assuming she's still alive um when he gets there your guess is as good as mine but in the video there was a lot more ominous saying goodbye like he actually literally said goodbye and then talked about how he's gearing up for his final video that kind of talk is worrying that's the kind of talk that i wish the authorities in west virginia would take seriously i don't want to run down anyone in law enforcement but the fact is that over the years the folks in west virginia have not been effective in corralling and dealing with ron um, many times he has only suffered legal consequences because external assistance was provided to them in the form of packaging the evidence that they needed to help pick him up and put him away and even then when you get arrested for making terroristic threats and then six months in a mental institution is all it takes for them to go eh, you're probably fine and they just drop the charges i question what's happening there what is the rationale for that so this guy has been in and out of trouble with the law for as long as anyone can remember least of all him and all i can think is that he is gearing up for something remarkably stupid now maybe he just wants to make it seem that way maybe this is all just a plea for attention but when a guy starts ominously posting about how my final video is coming up and then after that final video i'll either be dead or in prison he said in the video this morning that his i forget now i think he said his either his lawyer or his shrink one or the other told him that oh they'll kill you for knowing this stuff i i don't know if that actually happened i think it would be remarkably irresponsible of a psychiatric professional to indulge his narcissistic flights of fantasy in that way where he's so important that there are people who will murder him because he has information that can be used against them newsflash ron doesn't have any information that can be used against anyone everything that he thinks he knows is either an illogical and specious conclusion that he has jumped to or it's some manner of completely fabricated fantasy that is reality for him only someone like that who has used the martial arts to evade the reality of his life for 20 years more than 20 years is a great representative of all the people who cope through martial arts and that's the topic of this podcast i'm sorry if that's a long-winded ramp up but it's it's important background he said pausing to drink coffee the martial arts and this is my first point in when it comes to martial arts cope tends to draw broken people i've often referred to the DD rule there was a time when people said well dungeons and dragons will cause your child to become disconnected from reality and uh, so therefore dungeons and dragons is evil so you shouldn't play it you shouldn't let your kids play it 
There was even a TV movie that features Tom Hanks in a very early role called Mazes and Monsters. It's got Tom Hanks and Christopher Makepeace, among other people, in it. Do you remember Christopher Makepeace? I asked Alec, not Alec, uh, Adam Baldwin once, hey, whatever happened to Christopher Makepeace? Because Adam Baldwin was in the movie My Bodyguard with Christopher Makepeace, where uh, Adam plays this overgrown student... <laughs> Television and movies had us thinking that people in high school were 30 years old at some point. But uh, Christopher Makepeace moves into a dangerous school and he is terrorized by, gosh, uh, one of the Dillons. Matt Dillon, I think? Not Kevin Dillon, who was too young at that point, but, but Matthew Dillon terrorizes him. And so Christopher Makepeace hires a bodyguard in the form of Adam Baldwin. And then... Matt Dillon hires an even bigger bodyguard, and then the two bodyguards have to fight. And then in the climax of the film, Christopher Makepeace fights Matt Dillon uh, because he has to learn to stick up for himself. And it's a, it's a charming movie. It's a coming-of-age movie. It's actually one of my favorite films. It's in that roster of like 10 or 20 movies that are just, just have a special place in my heart. But anyway, the Mazes and Monsters movie with Christopher Makepeace is all about how Tom Hanks... Because he's playing this Dungeons & Dragons style game, which they call Mazes and Monsters so they don't get sued... Uh, he loses track of reality. He becomes separated from reality and he stabs a homeless guy who he thinks is a monster and uh, basically he's mentally ill and, and so he's sent to some kind of sanitarium or mental hospital and his friends come visit him and they play mazes and monsters with him but they're, they're all sad inside because they know that poor Tom Hanks has been irrevocably broken by this evil, evil game. Well, no, Dungeons and Dragons or Mazes and Monsters was never going to separate your child from reality. However... People who are inclined to separate themselves from reality will be drawn to fantasy. They will be drawn to avenues and vectors of escape. And that's why children with a hard time coping with reality are drawn to a fantasy game like Dungeons and Dragons. And it's why broken people are drawn to the martial arts. Specifically, broken people are drawn to martial arts because it fulfills their power fantasies. When you are a powerful martial artist, you're not just competent in self-defense. Well, let me back up. Actual martial arts, actual competency in self-defense will give you more confidence as a human being. I experienced this myself. When I finally achieved a kind of confidence in martial arts early on in my training, it, it did wonders for my confidence and for my self-esteem. And I used to like to say that Chuck Norris cured my hypochondria. Uh, I write about this uh, to some extent about the, the value of assertiveness in my book on Amazon called Be a Martialist. This is an updated uh, paperback version, uh, you can also get it on Kindle, of a pamphlet that I wrote way, way back when. Uh, I was kind of following the Ishida Kim model of publishing where I was printing pamphlets and then using a side saddle stapler to staple them along the spine. Because if you buy a quote-unquote book from Ishida Kim, that is what you get. You get uh, Ashita Kim, famed ninja uh, fraud from the 1980s, you'll get a printed out pile of paper that has been folded and stapled. And I'm allowed to say whatever I want about Ashita Kim because Ashita Kim once published an entire book that was his biography, ostensibly, that had an entire chapter in it devoted to what a jerk I am. Me personally, Phil Elmore. Now, he had to withdraw that book from publication because it was actual printed libel and I called him and threatened to sue him uh, at the phone number that his, used to be his parents. That's right, the world's foremost ninja can be reached at his parents' home in Florida. But uh, let's not go too far afield. My point is, uh, actual competence in martial arts will give you actual personal power. But 
pretending at the martial arts, pretending to be more than you are, pretending to a rank you haven't earned, pretending to be a grandmaster or a soke or whatever. These are these are methods to adopt personal power that are put-ons. You're you're basically pretending. You're evading reality, and you're using the martial arts as your mazes and monsters. You're using it to evade reality and engage in this fantasy where you are this powerful martial arts master, but you haven't actually earned that rank. And so when people like Ron Collins set themselves up as ninjutsu instructors, and ninjutsu, I think, maybe rightly or wrongly, gets used as the platform for these fantasies to a disproportionate degree. Uh, people don't usually set themselves up as fake uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu masters because the second they rolled with somebody, they would get badly hurt and everybody would know they were full of it. But something like ninjutsu is much less controlled it's much more conducive to fantasy. Uh, and I'm, I'm not saying that ninjutsu is bad. I, I, I kind of like the, the Bujinkan and the Genbukan. I don't have a problem with who they are and what they do. What I'm saying is because ninjutsu itself is sort of more wide open and more uh, sort of threaded in popular culture as fantasy, it lends itself more to these flights of fancy. Uh, because of the 1980s ninja boom in popular entertainment, there are all these movies and television shows. I've mentioned Lee Van Cleef's The Master, where the whitest white guy who ever whited is uh, suddenly an Asian ninjutsu exponent whenever he puts on his mask and they bring the stuntman in to do stuff. Um, uh, the ninja movies, the American ninja movies with Michael Dudikoff and then with the guy who wasn't Michael Dudikoff, whose name I don't remember off the top of my head. There was a couple of them, a couple of those guys, Michael Dudikoff and some other guy who took over for him. And then they did a movie together, as I recall. They're great fun. They're a lot of fun. They're complete fantasy, but they're fun. And these movies are to martial arts history as that uh, uh, The Quick and the Dead is a Western directed by um, the guy who directed Spider-Man. And all of a sudden I'm gapping on all these names. Um, the Quick and the Dead with Sharon Stone was directed by the guy who directed spider-man let's let's just look it up uh let's see sharon stone quick and dead director sam raimi i don't know why i couldn't think of sam raimi because ted raimi is you know a, a, a b-movie actor who appears in lots of stuff and he was joxer the mighty in uh xena and actually joxer the mighty is sort of a prototype for this same type of character in in the xena television series uh, Ted Raimi, Sam Raimi's brother, plays this guy who's pretending to be a master warrior. He's actually not one, but he's pretending to be. And that's what these same broken people are doing, is they're pretending to be martial arts masters when they haven't earned that, that rank, they haven't spent that time. Uh, and that's because, point number two, it is easier to pretend to be a master than to earn those titles and honorifics. To, to be a martial arts student requires a great deal of humility. It requires you to admit that you don't know things and that other people are better than you. And then to go to a place every couple of days uh, or at least once a week, depending on what your schedule is, you go to this school and you feel like the guy who doesn't know anything and you always have to wonder, like, are people making fun of me or laughing at me? At least I never worried about that when I was training in martial arts, but I know there are people who do. I've mentioned in some of the firearms classes I took 20 years ago, there was a guy there who spent an awful lot of time thinking to himself, Philomore sucks. And then 20 years later, on social media, he was like, I was at that class that you were at and you sucked. And I'm like, 
it's 20 years ago. You, you didn't let that go in between? Like, and you were that fixated on me? It just, I can't relate to that mindset. But there are people who are that insecure. They've got to find somebody that they're better than and that makes them feel better. You know, their fragile egos are soothed by that process. So it's much easier to pretend to be a master when you don't want to humble yourself, when you would feel bad about having to be humble long enough to do this kind of thing. Uh, it, it's not easy to to let go of your ego and and if you're if you're very insecure and you have a very brittle ego and, and very fragile concept of yourself then you're not able to humble yourself a friend who claims to have been at a seminar in florida that ashita kim attended uh, ashita kim famed ninja fraud from the 1980s he told me and this is all third hand so it might not be true but he told me that he was at a seminar where Ashita Kim attended, and when the host of the seminar tried to correct Ashita Kim because he was doing things wrong, um, Ashita Kim stormed out, was, was his story. Is that true? I don't know. I wasn't there. I believe my friend would not lie to me, but again, that's not proof of anything. Um, but it leads me to my third point about this, which is that Ashita Kim has been doing this for a very long time, like 40 years. And anyone I've ever talked to who says they've seen Ashita Kim operate in person, and anyone who's ever watched an Ashita Kim video for that matter, knows that they're looking at somebody who's basically a yellow belt. Somebody who knows some kata and can go through the motions. He certainly can do the kata Dante, which he took from World's Deadliest Fighting Arts by John Keehan. Um, he can do all those things, but without any real power, without what they call fa jing, intent. It just, it's not convincing. He's always been something of a showman, and when he was on television shows back in the 80s, uh, he was quite good at doing those appearances. I've seen recordings of television appearances he did where he did the Kata Dante, and, and you know, it's, it, the spiel is a good one. It's why people were having him on, but he's not convincing as a martial artist. But what's really sad about the, the Ishida Kims and the Ron Collinses of the world is that they spend 20, 30, 40 years pretending to be martial arts masters and never get better. Ron has been doing this since the late 1990s. It was, it's very clear that he has no actual training. Uh, and that was very clear when he engaged in a street beefs match, match with Icy Mike Hard to Hurt Mike Pesesco, who has a viral YouTube channel. You know, he's a very successful YouTube channel. Um, Mike Pesesco clowned Ron and showed the world that the man had no training. He punched him twice and, and it was over. And Ron never landed a hand on him, ever. Uh, so all that time spent pretending to be in the martial arts and you never learned anything. You, you were so busy trying to pretend to be a teacher, you were never able to be a student. And Ashita Kim would seem to have suffered that same fate only over the course of twice as long. You know, writing fantasy books about how he was a bodyguard in a brothel. I don't recommend that you find the amorous adventures of Ashita Kim. The cover alone will burn your eyes out of your head. Um, but he spent 40 years pretending to be a ninja master and never got better. And that's a wasted life. It's sad. It's sad to see these people wasting their lives because pretending to be a master gives them something they're not getting in their real life. And pretending to be a martial arts master is preferable to actually putting the time in and learning. Now, that leads me to point number four. You probably think that at, at any point, if any of these guys got truly shown up, truly humiliated, that then they would go away, that they would stop doing what they're doing and you'd never hear from them again. Um, 
I think that happens to people who actually have skill, but for whatever reason, things don't work out the way they'd hoped. Um, I don't know if you remember Dan Weber, who was trying to be the next combatives guy uh, back when he was doing things and putting out videos and stuff. Dan Weber was very personally encouraging to me and encouraged me to start my martial arts website, The Martialist, back in 2003. Um, but at some point, Dan was the subject of an expose article uh, at Bullshito.com and he disappeared after that. He was so angry about that article existing that I think he decided you know what, to hell with this. And he just went away. I never heard from him again. Um, I may have possibly received a message from him at some point, but for whatever reason, he decided to get out. And I, I don't think it was because he'd been shown up. I think it was because the fact that people spent so much time going after him that way, I think he was upset about that. But that's all speculation on my part. Um, in the case of Ron Collins, who engages in a street beefs match and is completely humiliated, completely beclowned. It was after losing that match that he went out and bought the gun because it was his last move as he saw it to be a tough guy. Well, if I have been humiliated and shown not to have any martial arts training, I can go out and buy a firearm and I can be a tough guy that way. And we see where that got him. Um, so at no time is it the case that somebody who has built a life on pretending to be a martial arts master once they are humiliated and shown up for having no skill or no training, they're not going to go away. You are asking them to let go of a delusional architecture that is the only thing between them and the reality of their lives, which in many cases I have to think is dissatisfying. You know, if Ron doesn't have his fantasies of the martial arts and if Ron doesn't have his fantasies about being the subject of this vast conspiracy to keep him down, what is left? It's a guy who's just this side of homeless the only actual jobs he's held down were jobs he was re required to have as part of his residency in a halfway house he's a convicted felon he can neither vote nor own a firearm for the rest of his life like those are harsh realities he's a guy who's never had a family never really had any stable relationships now yes he's got a mom but what i'm saying is he has expressed many times in his more vulnerable moments in his videos that he would love to have a more normal life, that he would love to find a woman and, and have a relationship. He's never going to. And I have to think that that's the, the, the wall of fantasy between him and that harsh reality that's very necessary. You're asking too much of him or anyone like him who is using the martial arts to cope. You're asking too much if you expect them to let it go to let go of all of it. I can think of a couple of other great examples of people who keep trying to reinvent themselves and keep going back to their martial arts fantasies. There's a dude who's popped up on various martial arts forums that I've uh, seen over the years. Uh, the guy's name is Lee Maurer. I can't, I don't know how to pronounce his name. And, uh, you know, he, he posts publicly under that name. And I know he's had some substance abuse problems in the past. He's had some troubles with the law. And every time he vows to let go of his martial arts fantasies it isn't long before he reinvents himself and goes back to being a fake instructor again you know somebody who claims to have all these skills that he doesn't really have and all this training and all these credentials that he's never really done or earned you are asking too much of these people to let go so don't expect them to don't expect them ever to let go of these fantasies it's not going to happen and then finally point number five if at any time you were tempted to react to the existence of all of this by saying, 
well, this is why the martial arts needs to be regulated. Please no. The ability to regulate a thing is the ability to control that thing. I do not want to see the martial arts regulated because I don't want to see some martial arts becoming uh, persona non grata and others held up as falsely superior. Uh, the martial arts will always be subjective. There's always going to be an element of theory. Even the, the systems that claim to be all about you know, proof and pressure testing and everything else, even they are simulations up to a point. Because unless you're actually fighting with people who are trying to murder you, it will always be a simulation. So I do not want government interference or some external body controlling the martial arts in an attempt to stamp out these people who are fraudulent or who are engaged in fantasies or who are using the martial arts to cope for their lives, which they are unsatisfied with, it would seem. Because I think the community does just fine letting you know. I think most people who gain a reputation for being full of nonsense, th that comes out. And I think for the most part, the danger of anyone getting pulled in by their dodgy schemes is relatively low. If, if you have any awareness of the community at large, if you spend any time on social media, if you bother to ask a few questions, yeah, there may be some people who very, very early on starting out, they're naive, they don't know any better, sometimes they'll get pulled in. But for the most part, those people end up getting pulled back out or leaving on their own. So I think those of us in the know who have some experience and who've seen some of these people we tend to worry that the people who aren't in the know will never be in the know because we don't give them credit for engaging in that process of discovery. We don't give them credit for having their own rational process whereby they evaluate instruction the same way that we're doing. And I think that's a mistake. We have to give people the respect of letting them make their own mistakes and letting them engage in their own decisions. So that is my Ninja Ron Collins update in conjunction with this concept of using the martial arts as a coping mechanism. Uh, I hope you found it informative. As far as where everything else is going, I guess we'll see in the coming weeks and months uh, just what kind of mess Ron makes after making all these ominous videos about his last video coming up. Um, but until next time, this has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. I have been the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Until next time, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash philelmore.